Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Flowing his way onto the show to riff with us today is a man who has showed the world just how easily and effortlessly one can embody the flow as a practice of how to live their lives when they decide to live life on their own terms. He is a world-class steel mace flow artist, having brought the art form into the worldwide phenomenon it is today. A world-renowned fitness coach, working primarily with Onnit as an educator and professional trainer, and is truly one of the funniest people I have ever had the pleasure of sharing space with during this go-round of life. Please help me in welcoming the man who is known to break out into sprints whenever the mood is right, Leo Savage Yerquides. What's up, Leo? <laughs> Dude! <laughs> you like Say how I threw the sprints in there? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I can follow you Say around with that intro one- if you want, you know. Yeah, let me just let me hear you say my last name one time. Is it is it Yerquides? That's 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 how you're supposed to say it. All right, that's not right at all. But <laughs> let, let's get into it. Okay? All right, let's do it. I'm I suffer from a condition known as combination skin. Mm-hmm. Now, what that is, let me explain combination skin to your viewers. My parents are from di- different ethnic groups, mm. and so my skin color is combination. Mm. which perplexes people when they see me because I look white, all right? I look, I look, I could be white, but there's still, there's something there, right? So when people see me and they see the last name, don't try and say it like white people. Yeah. Rather than the beautiful Portuguese name it is, Urquides. Ooh, Urquides. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, but, but if I ever say with the cool R, Urquides, people always say, what? <laughs> if I ever say it in the in the English tongue known as your key is, nobody ever asked me. That was beautiful, man. Thanks for the intro. Dude, you are so welcome, brother. You know, it's funny because, you know, We've been we've been having this conversation about getting you on this podcast. I mean, I think I first brought it up to you when I first met you back in August at Mark's house, you know. And yep. you know, wouldn't you know it? Everything happens in divine time, and I'm so excited that we get to do it right now. Especially because we're going to be hanging out this Sunday in 4D reality. So I think it's perfect time. Um, and dude, like you know, from what I've heard, uh, just in the little bit we've hung out um, of your journey, it's an epic tale. You know, and I would love if you could run us through that epic tale up to where you are today. You know, any high points, any things that you want to talk about, um, run us through that. You know, I'm really interested to hear. Man, so you said, um, I like I like word games, man. You said, you'll see me live in 4D. Yeah, 4D, bro. And I was like, what, is that? what does that mean? But then I figured it out. 3D, <laughs> virtual world, in reality, 4D. You know how old I'm going to be in January? How how young you mean? How young? Yeah, I'm gonna be four D. Wow, bro! Yeah. <laughs> so I got I got forty fucking years of story for you, buddy. Dude, you know? that's that's hey, a so lot of stories. Mace, this maze phenomenon. Yeah, it's been like a six year journey, six year plus. Dude, but it was it was the thirty four years ahead of that that sculpted the practice of steel mace flow. So, man, it's, yeah, all the stories, all the past stories that I thought 
you know, this really doesn't have anything to do with being an adult. This is just like my little kid fantasy. Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised at how many times the past has come up in creating this new future for me. <laughs> um, all right. So where, where should I begin, Ryan? Well, you know, I mean, as I jokingly say a lot, I mean, were you cesarean birth or vaginal birth? Like, you know, do you want to start all the way back there? <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we can yeah. skip that part, all yeah. right? We can skip that part. You know, the show is supposed to be PG-13. Okay. We throw a couple, you know, F-bombs in here and there, you know, whatever. PG-13. Um, yeah, yeah. Just kidding, though, actually. It's definitely R-rated. It's my podcast. We can do whatever we uh, want. R-rated. You know? Okay. So, yeah, we're good. Okay. Back to the R-rating. Yeah, Thank back God. to the R-rating. Don't worry, bro. I wouldn't do that to you. I know that would really limit the like the 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 scope of the stories you could Ooh. tell. <laughs> I don't want PG thirteen, Leo. Guy. <laughs> you know, there was a time when I was young. We can start here. When I was young, I was raised by two people. All right, my mom, and then my grandma, mm. and they were they were yin and yang. Mm. Okay, and they're not even Asian. One's <laughs> white and one's Mexican. Uh, yin and yang. Yeah. And my mom didn't have any fucking rules, right? Mm. You know how many rules she had? Zero. Yeah, you're listening. <laughs> All right, let me mark you down a point. Why yes. insisting? One point. Hell yeah, my goal None. is five by the end. You know, five points. I Yin win. and Yang. Here, here's your next point. You're gonna probably kill it in this first thirty minutes. All right, dope. My grandma, who was Yang, guess how many rules she had? A lot. All the fucking rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> All of the rules. So it was very confusing for me growing up to like live in one place and be independent and free and fuck up all day long and then go into uh, another uh, parent relationship where I was on lockdown and man, I didn't get to do shit. Mm. Um, and so, you know, two very different lives uh, I got to live and two very different worlds I got to experience before I, you know, I even hit puberty, you know, as a young man, um, you know, my mom was a wild child. She was super wild. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my dad really wasn't in the picture. And I think this is a story a lot of us have told or have been a uh, part of, or mm-hmm. at least know somebody who has separate parents. So it wasn't, it wasn't a wild, it wasn't like, you know, you have separate parents, but the thing that was really odd was like the lessons I would learn from my mom to my grandma. And so what I, what I figured out was nobody was right about the rules. It's just, I had to act a certain way when I was in the environment. Mm -hmm. So I became really good at, uh, imitating behavior. So that way I wouldn't like get in trouble with my grandma. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So whenever I would lock into my grandma's house and, uh, I was just, I would switch instantly into like, I'm going to, not like I'm going to be right or I'm going to be wrong. I'm just going to put myself in the most comfortable position I can be um, in that time. Mm. You know, when you're a kid, it's not about finding discomfort. You know, being a kid for me was finding comfort, like feeling safe, you know, knowing there was food coming. So it's kind of interesting as like, you know, now we're in this kind of place of finding discomfort and challenging discomfort and recognizing discomfort as your friend. When I was a kid, discomfort was a motherfucker. I didn't want to be any part of it. And matter of fact, I don't know any kids who want to seek discomfort. Do you know any kids who are seeking discomfort? 
uh, not selectively, you know, like uh, there may they may be yeah. getting force fed discomfort and be like, I think I like this because it's all I know, uh, but not selectively seeking it. No, I know I wasn't. And then what the fuck happens when you get into being an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, bro, go take an ice bath. Go do some <laughs> frog poison. Like, let's get uncomfortable. Let's yeah. let's spit out all our all our demons. Let's get uncomfortable. What the fuck happens there, right? Yes. Dude, I'm still trying to figure it out because it happened to me. You know, like you just described the last, uh, you know, since since August when I went to that men's retreat, I've done combo six times. Uh, I, I love doing ice baths. I do them all the time. And, and I actually thought about that recently. I'm like, you know, what part of it is me that or what part of me is it that a lot that wants me to be so uncomfortable? And actually, I had a really interesting um, uh, realization. And the realization I had was that. You know, throughout my life, I haven't allowed myself to feel fear, right? Like, I've known it was there, and I've just been like, yeah, fuck it, I can do an ice bath. Like, I thrive in uncomfortable situations. All these things I say, right? And so yeah. what what's happened is I think the uncomfortable aspects uh, that I like have come about for a multitude of different reasons. But most importantly, it's because it's a way for me to express fear where my ego allows it to be expressed. Like when you're doing an ice bath, you're about to do combo. It's totally normal to like turn to the person next to you and be like, oh, I'm a little nervous, you know? So like it's like a it was like a window for me to get my fear out and have it be heard, right? And so I named this fear in me as Fearful Frank, right? So that's my identity of my fear. And basically what I've been doing is like locking Fearful Frank up in in its in, in its in chains in a in a room and not allowing him to get out. And every aspect of our personality has to be able to get out if we are, you know, to pretty much like I hate the term find ourselves, but 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 find within us who we really are, right? Like so that's why I personally love these things because they've allowed me to express my fear. And I'm curious mm-hmm. um, what you think on that. And also I'm, I'm curious on a grander scale of what other people are uh, looking or seeking discomfort for if they're even aware of it. Because for me, I wasn't aware of it until literally this past week. And I was like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So here's my deal on it. And this kind of goes back to the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I got into the discomfort stuff. Mm-hmm. I got into it. You know, did the ice bath, did some like high powered heroic doses of psychedelics and sent myself into the fear state. Mm-hmm. Kept kept finding discomfort. Mm-hmm. And after I got being uncomfortable, I got the, um, just like when you get a tattoo, right? It sucks, it hurts, it's horrible. And then afterwards you feel so good because mm-hmm. you're not in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, listen. Because you're not in pain, you feel dope. You feel so. You feel highly optimized, yeah. right? So, so for me, um, the the pain is always going to be there. Mm. You're never going to have to. I think about this: being a kid and not wanting any discomfort, none. It still finds you. Mm-hmm. It still fucking finds you, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I got to be an adult and I started getting into the, this type of behavior. And I asked myself one day, I said, uh, Leo, is this working? Or are you feeling happy because you're not in the pain that you put yourself in anymore? Mm. Uh, okay. So I get in the ice bath and this is when I have my religious moment. There's this thing that weighs my soul down. There's a trigger. And if I ever think about this trigger, my heart gets heavy. I cry. 
my spine humps in the back, and I get super depressed. Mm -hmm. However, when I was in this ice bath, I couldn't channel that same feeling because what I was going through hurt more than that particular thing. Mm. And so what I found out is I could subdue the shit I was dealing with by dealing with more shit. And then when I asked myself, is this working? I had to answer my, I had to be real. And the answer was no. It didn't work. It just worked during the time. Mm. When I was in the ice bath, I could control my emotion, uh, this trigger. And I figured it did not work based on, man, I've taken a lot of fucking ice baths. <laughs> I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of uncomfortable things so I can be woke and so mm -hmm. I can keep up with my woke friends. But guess what? None of it worked. Yeah. None of it, because I still have the same fucking problems. Mm. And so, hey, listen, I'm not discrediting ice bath. I just said I had a religious experience. I'm not discrediting um, medicines that take you into a place that you can't uh, grasp right away. Mm -hmm. But what I am recognizing is I'm not into seeking discomfort. Mm. I'm into seeking comfort. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's that whole philosophy of unlearn. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so cool. You're a kid, and you learn you want to be comfortable, and then you grow up, and you meet woke friends, and they teach you no, you got to embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. You have to embrace the tough stuff, mm -hmm. and so you unlearn what you learned as a kid. And here we are trying to connect with our inner child to heal our old wounds, but we're still torturing ourselves and finding discomfort. Mm -hmm. What is that food you're eating? Oh, it's really good for you, but it tastes horrible. Well, that doesn't sound comforting <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, so, man. So you, I think you can get, I think you can get really addicted to being comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah, and you can get really addicted to finding discomfort. I train the way I train, so when the shit happens, when it happens, because it always will, mm -hmm. um, I can get through the shit. Mm. And eventually, I get better and better at getting through the shit. But I stopped torturing myself, dude. So I fucking stopped. I stopped torturing myself in my workouts. I stopped torturing myself with ice baths. Uh, I stopped torturing myself with, you know, different things that helped me see another side of myself. Because I just came to the conclusion that if you want to be good at something, focus on that. Mm -hmm. If I spend my whole life devoted to comfort, man, I could really help coach somebody in getting them into a place of comfort. Mm. And that, that comfort can be anywhere. You know, I'm comfortable with my finances. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with eating. Uh, you know, I'm comfortable with my workout. There is nothing in my life that I use as a practice to create discomfort mm. so I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, there wouldn't be any light at the end of the tunnel if you didn't put yourself through hell. Mm. And so why, why put yourself through it? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, I think that's a conversation that somebody has eventually. Here you are, you buy a nice bath, you're getting into it, masochist every morning, mm -hmm. don't get in that motherfucker. One day you stop, unless you're Wim Hof. <laughs> One day eventually you stop and you get out of the ice bath and you stop doing it. And then you have to find something else to help you navigate that portal because you got so used to finding discomfort that you wouldn't know what to do if you didn't take your eyes off every day and 
you know, go down, go down the, the rabbit holes. Mm. I think it's a beautiful thing when somebody's into that lifestyle. And if you're out there and you're into finding discomfort and building some character and seeing uh, what your grit is made out of, I, I say go out there and do it. But it's important to recognize like, there's not a magic pill, bro. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking magic pill. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, you're going to have to take more than one ice bath. Float <laughs> tanks, you're going to have to do that a lot. Yeah. So even being comfortable in a float take, you know, takes some practice. Mm. So, hey, my prescription with that is, um, you know, just one day at a time. And try not to devote your life into a whole practice of becoming your guru. Mm. It's a difficult thing when you join a program. And I'm talking about my program. I'm talking about your program. I'm talking mm-hmm. about everybody's program. Mm-hmm. There's this thing that happens when you sign up for a program. Not everybody does this, but a lot of people physically and mentally start to transform into their guru. Mm. I'll just talk about myself real quick. I wear short shorts, a beard. I run around with my shirt off. I swing a mace. I smoke weed. You know what my students do? Same shit. We have a dress code. Based on the way I dress naturally, people started dressing like me, started moving like me. And so what I started to notice is that people were imitating me and trying to find themselves in pursuing my guru ship. Mm-hmm. Rather than finding yourself, the idea is to create yourself. So you join a program, you look at the coach. I think the idea is to find you're bearing before you go into the program. I'm a steel mace coach, steel mace flow guy. That's what I do. So whenever I take a course, I'm adding to that, which is my heart and soul, the steel mace flow. Mm. What I'm not going to do is go in there and give up my identity to become somebody else. Mm. That is also a, a, a form of masochism. Mm-hmm. You are forcing yourself to imitate a guy you're paying money to. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, gurus take cash too, man. Do you know that? A yeah. guru will take cash. And, and so if you decide to be your guru, the chances of inheriting his or her problems magnify. If you go into my if you go into my program, you join Still Mace Flow, and you do everything I do, you're probably going to have the same problems I have, mm-hmm. piled up on top of the problems you have. Mm-hmm. However, if you go into my program, anybody's program, to add on to whatever your heart and soul is, man, that's growth, and it's not a, an uncomfortable growth; it is a comfortable growth. Mm. Yeah, man. Boom. You know. I loved so many things you said there, and I wrote some great notes. Um, you know, and really, like, you know, what uh, the first thing I want to touch on is the finding, uh, uh, like, the uh, thriving and uncomfortability or, like, looking for it, seeking it out, right? And 
I had that same phase in my life where it was like, nope, I have to be super strict on my diet. I have to do three hours of like heavy weight training. It's if I don't want to puke at the end, it's not a good workout, like all those things. And what I realized at that point was that I was really scared. You know, I was scared that like, uh, you know, that first of all, I was scared of the person that I was making myself become, right? Like, you know, that's, that's the story I was telling myself that I had to be this person to be successful, et cetera. And I was also selling myself short, right? Because I wasn't noticing, um, like you were saying, like I was, I was trying to be all these different people unconsciously, you know, and, and that's why I felt so much resistance to it. And it felt so out of alignment because I'm like, you know, I don't need all these things to be me. That being said, like, um, one of the things that I noticed in there too was when you were talking about it, I mean, you know, people like, you know, it's funny how like, you know, you can get addicted to anything, right? And and people talk about that a lot. Like, you know, people um I was talking to a hypnotherapist the other day who has clients that are like straight up addicted to cake. Like we think it's funny, like, no, like they literally do not eat anything except cake. Like it's crazy. Like they can't break away from it, right? Mm. And so, yeah. you know, they're they're finding some comfort in that cake, right? Or whatever, right? And um and I just immediately thought about, like, think about self-harm, right? Like, cutting yourself or things like that, right? You're putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation to not feel the pain that you're going through, right? And so, really, what's totally. the difference between, like, it's it's the intention behind it, right? Because there are some tribes, like, for instance, with combo, you burn yourself to put a toad venom in there. But the, the, the intention is not to feel the burn and, like, to get away from your problems with the burn, at least not in the jungle when they do it. Um, but, like... You know, with these ice baths and with everything these people are doing, it's really just like the electronic cigarette way of doing the same thing a cigarette does. You know what I mean? So like, you know, yeah, an ice bath might not be as brutal as cutting yourself open, but it's really serving a very similar purpose if you're in that frame of mind where you're seeking discomfort to cover up something, right? And, you know, for me that like, like you know, one thing I've really been tuning into is like, and one thing I coach with a lot of my clients are, is it's really all based on are you running towards something or away from something? Like, are you excited to do an ice bath? Because like, you're like, hey, this is just fun. It's like weird to make my body go like that, you know? Or are you like, oh my God, my yeah. fucking day was horrible. I got to get in an ice bath to fucking forget about it all, right? So, you know, really yeah. coming at it from uh, those two different mindsets um, really determines, you know, whether or not you're able to flow through life. And what I thought was, you know, what you were describing about how you sought discomfort and how, what I just described to how I used to seek discomfort, um, you know, it's like the pendulum in the Tao Te Ching, you know, and how like um, really the focus is 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 the pendulum not moving in the center, right? That's where you want to be. And so when you're going like, oh my God, I need to do ice baths every day and I need to do all these crazy, insane things to myself uh, to seek uncomfortability, you're swinging the pendulum super hard one way. And at some point, mm. it's going to need to balance itself out and it's going to swing the other way, right? And that's where you see these people like yep. yo-yo dieting. Um, you know, that's where you see people that like, no, I can't eat any cake. And then once a month, they eat a whole fucking cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you mm -hmm. know, and so uh, I love that you brought that up because I feel, especially in the self-development, quote unquote, worlds that we're in, um, it's not talked about enough because really it's like the same thing. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's like, you know, when people quit smoking, they use an electronic cigarette and they think they're completely free of nicotine. It's like, well, no, you're not. You're just not smoking cigarettes, you know? Yeah. So I love that, man. And, um, you know, what it really comes down to is like, you know, don't sell yourself short. And so my question for you is at what point, like um, how recent was it when you stopped selling yourself short and started finding that balance in that pendulum? Uh, you're talking about the comfort versus discomfort. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that happened December of, yeah. Yeah. Last year. Holy shit. Yeah. It's been a year. 
Mm. of seeking comfort. Mm. A year of seeking comfort. Yeah. Mm. And I went through, I'll share, I went through uh, a breakup and a lot of things went with that. There were, I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but I was just trying to make myself comfortable through that process. Mm. And you know, I've been doing all these very tough things and making these very tough decisions in my life. And, uh, I, you know, it's just a matter of like letting that shit go and saying, okay, well, what, what's hasn't worked. And if it hasn't worked, worked, then let's stop doing that. Mm. And because it didn't work for me, doesn't mean it won't work for other people. But, um, yeah, I had a really, well, I had an injury of the heart and like most people, I had to have an about face and, um, man, you know, I'm, I, let me tell you this. All right. Mm-hmm. Some people out there, they're like, went through a breakup and it was tough. Well, look at you now. Aren't you glad that happened? <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> All right. And fuck you for saying that. Yeah. That was one of the worst things I went through. Yeah. And you're cheer- and you're telling me it was a good thing? No, absolutely not. I'm not happy. I went through it. Mm. I wish I wish I had stayed comfortable. Man, I almost killed myself, dude. Mm. I almost lost my company. I almost lost everything. I'm not happy about that at all. Mm. Um, and so, just I know that there's that story that we tell people like they went through a hard time, and you were homeless and you lived in your car. But aren't you glad you did that? Mm. Because look at you now. I guarantee you me being homeless in a car didn't get me here. I was going to make it here regardless of the struggle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It doesn't exactly matter what saying. you put in my way. When I decided I was going to do this, this shit that I'm doing, and that's with anything in my life, I fucking did it. Yeah. You know, with, uh, you know, with no, matter, no matter the circumstance. And that's how I feel about people. Right? Like, you have a destiny, right? Yeah. And whatever calamity or whatever comedy or whatever love or interstellar relationship, you're going to be where you're going to be. Destiny is going to take care of you the way it's supposed to. And I would love that to happen for me and all my friends with as little discomfort as possible. Mm. And I kept, Ryan, I kept hurting myself through these woke practices to, you know, get my bearing back, Mm -hmm. to take away the pain. I was trying to outweigh the pain with pain. Here's the great thing about taking an ice bath. You're safe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't leave a scar. Like, hey, you can stay in there too long. But actually, studies show that it's really healthy for you. Okay? Mm -hmm. Combo thing, I'm with you. What's the difference between cutting yourself with a knife and burning yourself with cigar and putting frog poison on you. It's both the same exact, it's the same point. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact point. And matter of fact, I'm sure you can take the frog poison without burning yourself. I'm pretty fucking sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it was um, Hamilton, the um, vice dude. Mm-hmm. Who Hamilton said Morris. You could put it under, under your, Hamilton Morris. I think he said you can put combo under your tongue. I could be wrong. It was on the, Vice documentary years and years and years ago. Mm. So anyways, side side note there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I just said, I said, look, dude, you're hurting yourself. 
stop hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Start, start loving yourself. And so, you know, no more ice baths, no more heroic doses of mushrooms to stare at my demons and have soul contract ceremonies that are very painful. Yeah. And I just stopped it, dude. You know, I'm really good at whatever I, whatever I can get into. I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how humans are. Like if you learn how to love, man, you get, you get better at it. You don't just get good at it. You but you always get better at it. And so I'm getting my comfort reps in, mm. you know, and, and I am creating myself in the process as I go into courses or things that I deem to be comfortable for me, I'm going in there to add to my already pleasant growing tree of comfort. I'm not going to listen. If somebody wrote a program, it's probably because they went through some shit. So I'm not going to inherit somebody's problems to bring, to bring them into my comfort lifestyle that I am, uh, you know, have been binging on for the last year. Mm. Um, yeah, guess what? Bought a fucking Xbox yesterday <laughs> from a scalper. The new one? The new one. Obviously. Looks like a yeah. refrigerator. You can't even get them. All right? I went to a fucking scalper. He knocked my dick in the dirt. And you know what? Comfort. So fucking happy. Played that thing all night, man. Getting my comfort <laughs> rest. What game? <laughs> so, all of them. <laughs> I'm a kid, bro. Dude. I'm a, I'm a full-grown kid, man. I, I, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Well, and, um, yeah. So, but, okay, so... All right. Well, and I just like to argue with myself, okay? Because there's two sides to the coin. Oh, of course. Um, when I was in martial arts, when I was a competitive, full contact, you know, I fought in a cage. I did some karate, some full contact karate. I did some Thai boxing. When I was in that lifestyle, sacrifices needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. The guy who had the bad day and he goes into the gym and he wore, and this is your story works out until he pukes. Mm -hmm. Good luck kicking that guy's ass. (laughs) Good fucking luck. And so I think for certain people feeding into dysfunction can be a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, If uh, you don't want to teach a a semi namaste. Okay. (laughs) You want the semi to fucking haul big shit and move big shit. All right. So, so there is a, a reason for being that character. And, and here's the end-all argument on that, because I know sacrifice is a bad word. Don't make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, make sacrifices. There's this dude. Uh, I, I don't know his name, but he's a super famous guy, something Hoggins. He's oh, David Hoggins. Black guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's his name again? Uh, David Goggins. David, I don't even know if he's real. I think he's a Marvel comic. Dude, this guy, that guy's this real, guy dude. Did, <laughs> He's I'm, fucking crazy. I'm, no, I'm just talking shit. Of course, yeah, of course yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. But, but here's the point. You tell that guy not to make a sacrifice. That guy was built on making sacrifices. Yeah. They tell you, fuck you. I make sacrifices. Yeah. And so a sacrifice can be very important to that person. Mm. It can also be very important to somebody who has a family. Mm-hmm. When I stopped making sacrifices... I stopped being a family man. Mm. It was 
very difficult to go from a place where I was not making sacrifices. Matter of fact, I wasn't doing anything unless it moved me forward. Mm. Once I, when I started doing that, I started noticing my family members, my stillness flow tribe. I started being their cash accepting guru. Mm -hmm. Hey Leo, I need help with my 360. <laughs> Got to move me forward. Chest bump. <laughs> mm -hmm. 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, this is my brother who's been with me for five fucking years. I'm going to make a sacrifice of my time and I'm going to move my family forward. Now, as an entrepreneur, sacrifices may be made in the beginning and at risky and in risky, uh, well, like the fucking pandemic, risky times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a sacrifice to the right person, that mean medicine can be very good. So, you know, I talked about the story being 40 years long. Dude, still may slow wasn't a thing. There was no people doing still may slow. And I decided I was going to get this fucking mace and I was going to dance around and do martial arts and, uh, you know, theatrical, you know, uh, yeah. Anyways, I fucking did the thing. Dude, I had to make so many sacrifices. Mm. I, I had to make, I had to make so many. And so I think for certain for, and that was really like to prove the concept. It would have been impossible to, um, it's very difficult when you're, see, when you're the only person to move forward, uh, you know, sacrifices can, can be made. Mm -hmm. Dude. Like, yes, yeah, so there's a little bit there. Dude. I love that man. And really like, you know, it's it's what I tell all of my clients too. Like, you know, and and Rachel and I, my girlfriend, um, who you're gonna get to meet on Sunday, um, you know, we go through yeah. this all the time where, you know, we're we're both like very heavy into the self development world and we've both gone through all like the, you know, like push yourself ba like basically like what I really hear you talking about is the same thing I talk about, which is like do whatever you want to do, right? Like if like for instance, right? Like we all know how annoying it is when our parents, right, or whatever, someone tells us you got to go to college to get a degree, right? Like so many of us are like that's bullshit, right? And at the same time, we listen to these gurus who are like take an ice bath every day and you're like I don't really want to take an ice bath, but this guy says I have to do it, so fuck it, I'm going to do it. Versus if you're like Wim Hof and you're like dude, I just fucking love the cold. Like I love it. Like it's you know, Bam. it's not because really, Bam. it's not discomfort for him. It's comfort. Like he's so even Let's that's go. like the big revelation is these people that love this stuff are actually finding comfort in that. They're not seeking discomfort, Let's even if they might go. say they are. Right? Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. big thing. And like, I love this point because it really allowed me to look at what I'm doing right now and realize like, oh, dude, like. I love doing ice baths and I love doing combo. And I also know when I don't love it, right? Like some mornings I wake up and I'm like, eh, not today. You know, like I just don't feel like it's today yeah. and I don't make myself, you know? Um, and, and that's like the whole idea of like following your heart, right? Which is how I imagine you got to steel mace flow. Like you followed something your heart told you like, dude, this would be fucking fun. Like this brings out the kid in me. This brings out the inner child. And now boom, look at the phenomenon you've, be, you've been able to create. Look at the magic you've been able to put in so many people's lives. I mean, dude, like just the fun that I've had, like learning steel mace and I'm by no means like I'm 
dude, I'm such a beginner still. Like, dude, when you were in uh, when you were in Virginia, um, I joked with Rachel after. She's like, why didn't you learn? I'm like, they're all so fucking good. Like, I'm just going to, like, sit up there. She's like, you realize what you're saying, right? I'm like, yeah, I do. I do. And so the next time I went to Mark's, Jeffrey Oaks and uh, Clint uh, Lockhoff were there. And uh, so I learned a bunch from them, dude, and it was so fun, man. I was just like, dude, this is so fun. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and also, I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, oh no 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 no! Uh, you you go first. You go first. Just it was a quick jump, and I wanted to, um, you know, I'll, I'll get and accept credit for Steel Mace Flow, and you know, like, oh yeah, I'm the guy. Oh yeah, or like people will say, are you the dude? <laughs> and I don't want to like, I'm the fucking guy. But I'm super happy about it, mm-hmm. right? That I got to do something this cool. But this was not done by myself, you know. With it's like the uh, one of my coaches said this to me, Shane Hines. He said, "If you're doing something and it's the coolest thing in the world, and you're the only one doing it, then is it is it cool?" Mm. And I was like, "Oh, so I could be if I'm the only one in the world doing it." then it's, you know, it's not people look at it as something that they can't do or can't be part of. It's like, Oh, that guy's a, a savant. And so having a team of people, uh, you just mentioned Jeff and Clint, uh, those two dudes have been supporting still may flow and teaching still may flow for years. And so it definitely wasn't a quest that, um, I did or have done by myself. I've had a lot of, uh, a ton of support, man, just a ton. And a lot of that support is, you know, that quick conversation that you had, like, Hey, I picked it up and it was fun. Like, mm-hmm. I love it when people tell me that. And shout out to Rachel for helping me through that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. And dude, like, uh, she's an amazing woman, man. You'll love her. Um, she's, uh, she loves steel mace too. Like, it's funny. I'll be doing my workouts, like kettlebells, just, you know, different stuff. And she's just always grabbing the mace always, you know? And I'm like, man, before long, she's going to be able to teach me a thing or two, you know? And, and like really what I saw, cause you know, uh, I jokingly say one of my love languages is analogy. Um, and so, uh, let me spin an analogy for uh. you. Right. So imagine like you, and all these other people are standing around a, a, a fire, but it's not a fire yet. It's just a pile of wood, right? And you're the one that spins the fucking stick, right, and gets the fire going. And then everyone else is breathing and, like, putting, like, wood on it and getting it to go. And they're all, like, finessing it so it doesn't go out. You you made the spark, right, that started the fire. But it's it's a collaborative effort that everyone now is making this fire bigger and bigger and bigger. And I love that, man. You know, like, that's 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 how I see it. And that's, like... That's the goal. I mean, really, like, you know, alone, yeah, sure, we're epic puzzle pieces on our own. But together, man, we can create the best, most epic puzzle that the world has ever seen, you know? And so, like, really, like, the people that are stuck in, like, the anti-dependent, like, no, I have to do everything myself. I, I can't have any help. They're, you know, arguably, I would say they're just covering something up. And it's okay. No judgment. Like, I've been there, too. I remember, like, when I was like that. And since I've, you know, been more like in the realm of thinking you what you are, uh, you are currently in like, yeah, like I, I'm the dude that started it. But like, there's so many players to this, you know, um, it's such a more fun way to live life for me anyway, like, like, um, you know, like, even with coaching, you know, uh, some of my friends that have been getting into it, um, you know, and doing different styles that I've taught them or whatever, and, you know, different little, like, twists I put on it, they're taking my twist and doing their own things with it, you know, and it's like, so it's not even my thing, it's just something I showed them that, like, hey, now they get to go do their own thing, so I I love that, man, it's really cool. 
boom, boom. Yeah, that's like when we talked about like um, going in the program to add and on to what you do, not become something else. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, dude, Sunday, you're coming up here and you're doing a men's retreat. Yeah. With all of the homies. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's such a neat thing for me because all of my like friends are coming to town. So, um, it'll be awesome to catch up with everybody. Yeah, dude. And I know, uh, Chris, my leading the event. Um, you know what? And I know Chris did a workshop recently. You were there, I think. And Mike Seleni was there. Which one? Was it in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, like that retreat, the last one. Um, yeah, I was there. Yep. Uh, Wait, and and then you were with, and then you were with Salimi at the. Um, I know we're getting off subject. Here. No, you're, this is point. all subject. Um, we're all good. <laughs> uh, you, you just saw him like a couple weeks ago at the uh, check. Uh huh. Called Check's place, right? Yep. Zen in the garden, okay. dude. Yeah, that was a blast, bro. Yeah, I gotta meet. I gotta meet. Uh, I gotta meet that guy, but uh, Mike Salemi, dude, he's like my fitness inspiration right now. <laughs> he's a beast, man. Like, he really I, is such a beast. For I've anyone been, listening, go check out Mike Salemi immediately. <laughs> when I met him, like what what I understood about Mike was he was doing systems, mm-hmm. like he was a kettlebell champion, so you have to do like a lot of reps of the same thing. And then, you know, I know he's the sup, the soupless coach, you know, the Bulgarian bag and, you know, all these tools. Uh, but like, I saw Mike come out of, uh, I don't know, we met like a couple years ago, but he's like doing the thing where he's like got this system of kettlebells that isn't really anything but like his style. Mm. And, um, it's been like, it's been just so glorious for for me to watch is like not him teaching other systems, but you know, he went on this quest, created himself. And then now he's got this body of work out there that is like, every time I see him move, uh, I just go imitate his movements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, shout out to Mike Salemi. Dude, I'm actually uh, doing a in-person podcast with him at the retreat uh, when I come to Austin next week. I'm super stoked about it. Um, Tell him I got a crush on him, man. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be the first person, you know. Uh, You know, I I say that jokingly, but not jokingly as well. Um, Because, dude, he's just such a fun guy too. Like, you see him, and he's so beastly, and like he's just the kindest, gentlest soul um, like I've ever met. It's it's really cool, Uh, and he's so willing, like, to like teach you things. it's it's really special, man. And like, you know, that's really what I picked up from you as well. Like when we met in Virginia, I was like, man, like I've seen Leo online. I, you know, I told you the story about how, um, you know, I had seen you um, because obviously I'm, you know, I've followed Aubrey for a long time. And um, so I saw plenty of you on the on it page. And then uh, on my birthday, it was during quarantine. Right. And I just happened to open Facebook and you were doing a live steel mace thing. And I had just gotten a steel mace like two days before. Right. Like it was like one of those like, of course, this all happened. Right. So I actually did a class with you. Yeah. And it was funny, man, because I was watching um, before you went live. 
Um, I clicked on it like I thought you were live already. And it was the story you had from the day before. And you were like breaking up weed or something. And I was like, man, this guy is so fucking cool. Like this is just like he's totally my kind of people, you know, like like smoking weed, swinging the mace. And uh, so, you know, it was funny. I did that class with you. Didn't think anything. I was like, wow, it was fucking amazing. Like so cool. Like kind of like just, you know, let it fall to the wayside. And then, uh, you know. As life would have it, you know, when I started surrendering, as we're talking about this whole episode, right? I think we could literally name this whole episode Surrendering to Your Heart, right? Because um, when I, yeah, when I decided to surrender to my heart, which I was already in the process of then with getting out of the cannabis industry, getting into coaching, finding my love for plant medicines again, right? Finding my love specifically for cannabis again, um, you know, having been around a bunch of Chads and Brads for a long time that just wanted to make money off it, which, you know, is one area of the industry. It's not bad or good, but it just wasn't my, um, you know, my area of interest. Um, You know, once I did all that, it ended me up coming to Mark's house and then you're there. I'm like, holy shit. Right. And, uh, it was really cool because I got, I sent you a message, right? Like I was so inspired by your workout after I, it was literally on my birthday. So thank you for that. It was a great birthday present, by the way. Um, but like, so after that workout, I sent you a message and I was like, Oh, like, Hey, like I have this strain Tahiti lime. I would love to gift you some whenever, like we, our paths cross in 3d. Right. And, you know, I kind of forgot about it. And then when I get to Mark's house, I had brought Tahiti Lime and you're there. And I'm like, yo, I had sent you a message, right? You probably get like thousands, right? Like, you don't remember. But like, it was so cool because it was like, wow, that was one of those times where like life is just winking at you. And it's like, oh, you wanted to do this? Here you go. Like, you get to you get to share some Tahiti Lime with Leo now. (laughs) So cool, man. How cool. How cool. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that is dope when things work out like that. Pun intended. Dope. Dead story. You know. So I came out about cannabis um, heavily, probably, I don't know, four years ago. And, you know, I try to keep, um, you know, this is, you know, some time ago, but I try to keep a clean cut image. Uh And, uh, you know, that all went away one year. And it wasn't like I just switched from one to the next. Hmm. But, you know, it's like I was always playing two characters. I have a Superman tattoo. And, you know, <laughs> here's kind of the story behind that. Like, I worked in retail sales, and I enjoyed dressing up and looking nice. Mm-hmm. And then I fought in a cage, and I'm, like, tattooed. And so I always had, like, these two, like, personalities. And, you know, it's kind of like a struggle trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what am I? Am I more Clark Kent? Am I, or am I more Superman? Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, it, I ended up, I stopped, you know, fighting and, uh, you know, after a while, after peeling back some layers, I, you know, I was like, man, I don't want to wear a collar anymore. And, you know, I became a, a fitness coach uh, at a UFC gym mm-hmm. and I taught kickboxing classes and that developed into a personal training career. And, uh, you know, eventually I worked out with the sledgehammer and did karate with it and still my flow was boring. Uh, and then I just started diving in. This was a really neat thing. And this is why I encourage people to like, do your, do your own thing. Try and mm-hmm. find your own thing. Mm-hmm. It's cool to do somebody else's thing, but man, if you can fucking find something that's truly uniquely you, it, it's just a, a wonderful experience to, of self-discovery, mm. you know, because everything that happens comes from you. So it truly is a reflection of you, you know, whatever, whatever this thing that you um, create. And, um, you know, I was 
uh, yeah, I was creating uh, a new reality and a new character of, of the story of Leo, the fitness trainer. Instead of beating people up, I was like getting people in shape. And, you know, I found this, the, the mace and there were no rules. And so it was like, well, I don't really need to, you know, be a certain way. And, you know, I started smoking weed on uh, my Instagrams. Mm. And it's a two-edged sword. You know, of course, I got uh, people are a lot more open now, but you know, the world's changing pretty fast. But you know, four or five years ago, weed was was not a friendly thing on on Instagram, or as friendly. Yeah. And so I got a lot of people who were upset at me and thought, like, dude, you're in the fitness industry and you're smoking and the kids, <laughs> and I'm unfollowing you. And you know, respect. I, I get it. You don't want the R-rated program you don't want your kids to watch the already program i get it like you block hbo from your kids so mm-hmm. if you unfollow me so your kids don't see me it's all good mm-hmm. um but then i would i would get like some really cool endorsements from people and i would get just neat messages from like closet smokers mm. like oh dude i smoke but don't let anybody know and <laughs> i'm sending you this in the dm but i think it's cool and so what I started noticing is like I was enjoying my freedom because I was creating this like this path, not like taking a path. I was creating the path. Mm. And and I, I started noticing like the effects that it had on other people's freedom. You know, like people started showing like like pictures of weed on Instagram. I mean, not like I was the guy who started it all. But yeah, I mean, yeah. People have been doing it for, for, <laughs> for, for some time. But, you know, I would get this like business professional who's like, man, I'm like, I'm a lawyer and I smoke weed. And then like sooner or later, it was like I got doctors like throwing up their bags of weed mm-hmm. online, you know, because they're it's cool. You know, they're yeah. and so it was just kind of like a neat thing where it's it was it selected the type of crowd um, who would opt into a free spirited program like the Leo Savage show. <laughs> <laughs> and. So, yeah, and it's, you know, it's been fun. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I use cannabis every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, most, I started thinking about why I smoke cannabis every day as opposed to every other day or, you know, whatever schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, well, one, I live in flow, so I just kind of do what I do. Yeah. And two, my work my primary my primary job right now, and this has been my job for the last six years, is to create. Mm-hmm. I create beautiful movement. I try to create new moves every day, uh, you know. And I create. That's my that's my gig. Mm-hmm. And so I use plant medicine, cannabis, to help aid that uh, creative process to help get me into my deep practice or my flow state or my warrior mode or whatever you want to call it getting in the zone Mm. and so yeah cannabis has been a tool that i use daily to spike my creation now i can definitely get into flow state and create beautiful movement not there but it it just it makes it happen so much quicker yeah yeah and cannabis dude and like, it really comes down to like, and this is what I, you know, uh, taught a lot of people when I was in the industry. It's like, where are you coming from with it? Like you were just talking about, like, you're like, 
I'm going to use cannabis and I'm going to create beautiful movements and I'm in a happy place. I get to do what I love, right? Like that's a much different person than the person who comes home every night and is like, dude, I fucking hate my job. This fucking sucks. My life sucks. I'm just going to smoke a joint and fucking forget about it all and watch Netflix. No judgment, right? Whatsoever. Because at one point in my life, I was there, right? So like I get it. And it's just like that's why at that point cannabis wasn't serving me. And now it's like I said before, like I've I've refound my love for cannabis because now it accentuates my already epic, awesome, happy life. You know, it's like I don't need it to be epic and awesome and happy. And when I use it, when I'm already in that state of mind, it just accentuates it and it brings the people I'm using it with together, which really when you think about what cannabis is really meant to do. Like it's a, it's meant to bring people together, you know, which in a time like we're in right now is super, um, mm. uh, beneficial and super needed, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of strange things happening in the world right now, uh, to put it lightly. And, um, you know, one of the things I found is that by using plant medicines, uh, specifically cannabis, but also psilocybin and things like that, um, I've been able to just, you know, really get closer with a lot of the tribe around me. And um, it's led me to the right places. You know, I got to um, I got to gift Paul Check uh, some Tahiti Lime and Divine Storm when I went to go see him. Uh, you know, I got to uh, share some with a lot of people there. It was beautiful, man. It was such an incredible experience. And, you know, cool. cannabis, like it, it makes those situations so much more memorable. You know, you like, like I always say, like, I am the giver of experiences, right? Like, you know, this, like you've hung out with me before, like, I yeah. love giving stuff away, right? And I love giving things away that gift people an experience, right? So like cannabis for me, is like my opportunity to say, hey, take this home with you. And I hope it gives you like a great experience, right? Like maybe you share it with a lover or like a friend or just by yourself, right? And you have some insight and you and you share some of that love that you already have within you with and with the love that cannabis brings out because it's a very loving plant when it's used properly you know you can create such a beautiful container for like you were saying creation you know and mm-hmm. you know one of the one of the one of the epic journeys i'd love for you to take us on right and i heard a little bit about this journey when we were in uh virginia um you know you're it on it now Right. And for you, like the way you described that is for a long time, that was your dream and goal. And I'm sure, you know, it still is in a lot of ways, but reaching that was like your dream goal. Right. And I remember there was like, you know, certain things you were doing and then there was a surrendering process. I'd love for you to take it, take us through that, you know, because I really feel in with regards to what this episode has been based on surrendering, having a real life example of how Leo went from like, you know, um, uh, mm. hammering it you know, and grinding to just letting go and letting life take you and having it and having you end up exactly where you were meant to be. I think that's really valuable for the listeners to hear. All right. So, man, thanks for remembering that story. Um, It was an epic story. (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad it brought, uh, brought some, maybe some inspiration. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, I'll get to share it. So I, I started this practice, uh, a while ago, and part of part of this practice was to create a um, a perfect day. Mm. And so you wrote out your day and you made it. Like, just what would a perfect day be like? All right. So um, you know, I wanted to work for Onnit Academy for well, you know, since I found out they had a mace and they taught education with the mace. And so you know, I had steadily made moves to make that happen. And I made sacrifices. I was grinding my ass off, man. Anytime somebody 
talked about a mace, if you were within, you know, four hours of me, I was going to drive over there and show you the mace. I mean, I was just, you know, anybody, anybody I could talk to about it, I would, I would, you know, put a mace in their hands and I, you know, it's just on this quest. And, um, you know, the on it, uh, saw what I was doing and, you know, I can, I've never shared this before. Mm. <laughs> I'm excited. I saw what I was doing and, um, they, you know, they said, um, a couple of guys came to Albuquerque and I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? And they're like, yeah, we're doing some stuff, but we'd like to talk to you. And so I met, um, John Wolf and Shane Hines in Albuquerque. We just like ate lunch and, you know, they told me they wanted to support me. And I was, and they were like, they said, yeah, hey, we like what you're doing and we're very proud of you and we'd like to support you. I was like, well, what do you mean? I didn't know what that meant, mm. you know? And so, um, they ended up, uh, paying for my on it education in that, um, you know, they'd fly me up and, like put me in a hotel room and um, like fucking, I got to take all the certifications for, you know, for, for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say I made a lot of sacrifices to make that shit happen. And yeah. Carmen was just paying me. <laughs> and, and so I never really, I never really talked about that, but, um, and then this other, this is this next part. So, Who's to know what the future is going to hold, but I can talk to you about um, what the past told me about the future that didn't happen. The guys uh, on it said, um, hey, we're going to possibly build another gym. And if that happens, we want to hire you as our weapons master. Fuck with me. (laughs) Weapons master? Consider it done. Yeah. What do you, what does that mean? Does it mean to fucking, I learned, uh, even though on it was paying for my education, if, if I was available, I would go to their certifications. And this is when I lived away from, uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and I, you know, there was a lot of time I could have spent with my family and, you know, that I didn't, that I didn't do because I was in pursuit of this career with on it because I just knew I just knew with my skill with the mace and on it as my backer I just knew I would change the world that everybody would know what steel mace flow was and I would help so many people I would get to show people uh, how I dealt with my depression and anxiety and I just knew it and so I just, I, anytime I could, I made fucking sacrifices and swung the maze and practiced and, you know, I was going to be the weapons master for the new awesome gym. And, um, it ends up that that doesn't happen. And, and then, uh, matter of fact, um, I was told by Kate, hey, well, actually we're going to move another direction. We're not going to do the, we're not going to do the uh, Leo Savage on it mace coach. Hmm. I don't know if people know this. Mm-hmm. They will now. Hot off the press. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited that so, I get to journey uh, in the story with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is all, this is all good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, fuck on it's not going to let me be their coach. And 
my dream of being the guy. It's not going to happen. And um, it would happen that after I got the news, they were not building the gym and we're going another direction. Um, I'm supposed to be in New York to support on it on a still make certification. And I was like, well, fuck, do I go, you know, mm. or do I like stay home? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do? I just got told this thing that you've been working on for the last like three years isn't, isn't going to happen. And, you know, Hey, are you still going Saturday? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're not skipping a beat, right? It's just so, like fuck, man, it's yeah, heavy. And, I'm, and I made myself, but I made, I made myself a promise that like I'd show up when it's time to show up. I show up, mm-hmm. and you know, at that time, I was all about making the sacrifice. So I, I did. I showed up. I supported, knowing, you know, mm-hmm. it was like going on a friend's date after going through a breakup with your your lover, this person you left, you know, it was heart wrenching, but, um, I had students there that were looking forward to seeing me and me them. And there was no way I wasn't going to show up. Mm. So I go to the thing. It was awesome. And then I just set into it. I said, okay, here's where I am. You know, on it's cool. We're friends. I love everybody there, mm-hmm. but they're going another direction. No big, no big deal. And, you know, didn't burn any bridges, kept in good relation of, with, with the on it people. And, you know, I continued my practice and instead of having the mindset of like, you know, and telling myself the story of like, Hey, dude, the only way you're ever going to make it is if on it tells people you're cool. I mean, dude, that's really, that's really the thought, right? Yeah, that's really the thought. And hey, why do you guys tag on it in your videos? Because if they share my stuff, they'll tell people I'm cool. Okay, <laughs> so we get the story. Everybody gets that. Yeah. So I just said, okay, well, this is who I am, and you know what? Now I have more freedoms. You know, I'm not working for towards working for this company. I'm just myself. I'm Leo Savage, and you know, I I stopped pursuing. Uh, you know, that relationship in that regard. And man, you know, just everything was this, everything came together in a really odd way. And, you know, I stopped trying to do their program. I did my program and, you know, things went really well in that I help a shit ton of people. There's people moving the mace and fanatic beautiful, wonderful, graceful, strong ways all over the place. And here's a fact. When you meet a person who swings mace with fluff, they're cool as fuck. hundred percent. If you see somebody swinging a mace with flow, not to say, um, if you don't swing with flow, you're not cool, but I'm just saying, if you swing with flow, you're probably a pretty rad character. Agreed. And, so, and that stuff is extremely noticeable. So here I am on my own again, and I'm doing my thing, and, you know, set into who I am and did my thing. And definitely that was noticed. And one day, it's an LSD story. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to tell this story too. <laughs> yes. 
Woke up Saturday morning. Time to take a little LSD. Mm-hmm. Good morning. <laughs> I was a little hesitant. I was a little hesitant to take the LSD. I'm not going to say if I took it or not. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so I Someone who wasn't me said, that, you know. Right? I get a call at 7 a.m. This is some time later. And it's, if I have a Yoda, Shane Hines is my Yoda. <laughs> Shane Hines calls me in 7 a.m. in the morning, Saturday. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Shane doesn't call you at 7 a.m. Saturday. He's like, kill you. I hurt my back and I can't teach the certification. I hurt my back last night. I'm going to go into the emergency room. But I thought I'd wait till 7 and let you get some sleep and then see if you would come teach. And I was like, you know, worried about my buddy's back. Yeah. You know, there I am just doing me and uh, focusing on my deal and being a good person, helping people out. And, you know, my mentor calls me. He says, dude, I need your help. And it's actually it's that thing that you want to do. And so, you know, I went in and I taught the education and here's, here's the truth. They didn't need me. They didn't need me to come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had several people they could have picked. They just asked me. Mm-hmm. And if I would have said, no, I can't. I took all the LSD. <laughs> um, I'm out of town. Yeah. If I would have said, no, I can't. Uh, there were two really amazing coaches there that taught alongside me during that, during ultimately what was my first certification for on it, they would have been fine by themselves. Hmm. My good buddy, uh, John Wolf, he would have gone in to teach um, as well. So they had multiple people that they could have asked, but, uh, you know, it's interesting what somebody does when they're not, when they're, when they are working for a position, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because their goal is to get into this position. So what happens? What, how do you operate when you're not trying, when you're not operating from position, mm-hmm. right? I don't like to see people position themselves to get like further up a company because it's a form of deceit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not up for the positioning. So people act different. If I said, Ryan, I want to make you a skill mace flow level two golden tier educator. You're going to teach skill mace flow for me in two years. Mm-hmm. You're going to make decisions that aren't truly you. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to do real inter- impersonations or whoever the guru is. <laughs> So, but if you're, if you're not, if you're free to work, not from position, you know, it's a lot easier to see what, okay, well, what's really going on here. Mm. And, uh, yeah, things worked out. I got to teach the education and, um, man, this is, dude, this is like a fucking four, you know, it's like a five year story, a five year story. So there's a lot that has been left out, Mm. uh, but there is a whole new part of the story that's in there. And so that, um, and this is, this is a 
dude, this is what the fuck is up, bro? Let me tell you this. I so I have a company and I predominantly I mean I teach steel mace education. And my number one competitor and it's not like you know, is on it. They they teach steel mace certification. Matter of fact, we're there's not too many people out there who teach steel mace cert or education, especially in certification format. Mm-hmm. And so I work for my biggest competitor. <laughs> and on it, they honor steel mace flow. The thing I did that was me, not the position seeking, the thing that was my heart was the thing that Onnit needed to see. They needed to see me operate on my own. Mm. And when I brought back, you know, this this child of mine, still may flow. Dude, this happened, in, this is the first time ever in the comments. All right, my deal with Onnit, like I, I work for them now. I got a couple jobs for them. Mm-hmm. I promote their products. I use their products. I promote their products. Mm. Um, but I'm not supposed to like, it would be bad form, like when they're having a mace sell for me to say, "Oh yeah, and steel mace flow is selling certification." <laughs> It'd be bad form. Yeah. So, so it's always like, just hey, like don't mix the oil and the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, whenever I go teach her on it, I make sure I teach their education, and I steer conversations about flow towards what we're learning in in those educations. Yeah. But for the first time ever, this gal asks on um, Black Friday. So she says, hey, where do I learn how to do that? It's somebody swinging a mace with flow. Mm-hmm. And on it said, on it says, check out steel at steel mace flow. <laughs> Dude. It was so dope. And so, so, so are, are they my competition? I don't think so. It doesn't yeah, sound we it. We complement each other. We complement each other. We're not competing. We're not comparing. Because it's really hard to compare what I do with, with any other mace style out there. And yeah. for those of you who don't know what steel mace flow is, um, I think this is a uh, it's a good audience of, of journalers, people who take notes. Oh, hell yeah. So there's this practice of journaling. Look, I've taken a bunch of different programs. You know what they all suggest? Journaling. Breathing. And journaling. Yeah, yeah. Every one of them. Yep. Every one. Right? <laughs> Secret sauce. Yep. Okay. Back in the day when they wanted to do magic and summon the moon or the sun or the rain, they would take out their journal and they would find the magic words. And then what would they do? Like fucking chant them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then what happens if you start chanting something? Rhythm. Start putting the spell out there for it to happen. You start, yeah, you start putting the spell out there, but when you start physically saying it over and over, it becomes song. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens? It, you start singing dance. Mm. The ritual isn't complete. If it's pen and paper and words, you have to move to make the magic. You have to plant medicine. Do it. Mm-hmm. So Stillman's flow is, yeah, it is your journal. And then 
It is acting out that story mm. and changing that emotion or accepting and magnifying that emotion to what is good and proper for that day. Mm-hmm. So it's a moving language to narrate your, your journal. So no, nobody does that. And so I, it's very hard for me to compete with anybody because we're not, I don't care about how much you're pressing. I swing mace to deal with my depression. <laughs> Dude. I don't care. I don't care about you. The, the, I don't care about how much weight you can you can press. I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. I got weight on my back. I'm trying to get off. Mm. So still, maze flow is about for me in my journey has been like, dude. I need a tool. I need something that makes me feel strong and beautiful and bold and brave. Yeah. We all need my that. superhero costume. We all like, you know, really like life for me has been a search to find that same thing. And it's unfolding more and more each day, you know, Um, each day I allow like my heart to lead the way. And, you know, we've talked about that quite a few times during uh, this episode, just about like letting life lead you. Um, There's a great book that I'm reading right now by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment, which is amazing. And he basically just talks about his like the preference in his head that made him want like, you know, for instance, he just wanted to meditate all day by himself. That's where he was at. And things just kept happening, you know, like people would start being like, hey, I really love this house you built on your land. Um, are you a builder? And he'd be like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to do anything with building. I just want to meditate. But he started learning to surrender and to say, yeah, I'll help you build something even though he didn't want to. And then the next person he meets is like Ramdas, you know, and it's like all these weird ways that life will connect you exactly where you want or need to be um, if you're willing to listen and let go. Right. And so like. What I love about Steel Mace Flow is that what you're saying is like you're creating movements based around how you feel in that day, led, I imagine, by your heart, right? Like something is leading you into Amen. what feels right that day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Check up. I like that. You know, there's that old saying, check up from the neck up. Yeah. <laughs> I like to check up from the heart up. Yeah. You, know, you gotta, dude. you have to consider feelings. You're, I mean, we're not autonomous. Yeah. You know, we have to, consider rational thought with with, what what's the emotional consequence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah my friends my friends uh have a great saying which is uh cheat up from the feet up you know and uh i love that you know because you know chi you know i i always said cheat up from the feet up you know i did a little more gangster but they they you know they put it in chi yeah cheat up up. yeah that's fucking (laughs) that is so good <laughs> right that's going on a shirt oh dude, it already is they are they literally shirt. have these shirts say chi brothers they do this uh awesome event this is actually my tribe back home Ooh. uh we do ice baths together so maybe someday if you're feeling in the mood and you're in boston you know if you just happen to come to boston uh you can come to one of their <laughs> events what, so, yeah bro dude we'll, we'll show you a good time when you dude, come you to know. austin well uh dude i'm gonna go get in a fuck we're gonna get in a hot tub bro yes we're gonna go the other way we're gonna yes. switch it we're gonna switch it on them no, no, we're going to go to a jacuzzi. Hell yeah, dude. Right. Can it be a jacuzzi with right. feet rests too? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like kick your feet up course, in a jacuzzi? Yeah. That's what I need. We're going comfort. Hell yeah, bro. Comfort. We're going Cadillac Escalator <laughs> comfort, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude. No other way. Yeah, dude. Dude, 
Leo, this has been such a blast getting to chat with you and hear more of your journey. I was so thankful I got to hear more about the Onnit story. You're going to get to share that with the listeners, man. That's so powerful. You know, really have like, you know, allowing you to have that process of surrender in your own life has allowed you to become the person you are today, which, you know, speaking from my point of view and how you're showing up for me is a leader, you know, and, you know, how you can really tell a leader from someone who might, you know, want to be a leader or say they're a leader, et cetera, is that real leaders and people that are, that, that are, that are worth being around make themselves available, right? And that's what you were talking about earlier, right? It's like the sacrifice, like, hey, this person's been with me for five years. And like, I like, I, I have no problem going to help them learn how to do a 360, right? And so I wanted to, you know, extend that to you and be like, hey, man, this is exactly how you're showing up for me. I mean, you know, you're so willing to make yourself available for the people that that love you and love your art form and have learned from you and have grown from you. And I think that's fucking awesome dude so on that note where can i send more enthusiastic people that are looking to learn all about what leo savage has to offer um, where can i send them to work with you connect with you chat with you laugh with you etc boom all right so uh you guys can check me out at still uh that's got all the information about what i'm doing with still may flow well be and the team you can also find me on Instagram, leo.yurkidis, U-R-Q-U-I-D-E-S. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. It has been an absolute blast. I had a good time. <laughs> We're going to get around to him, brother. You know, like I have like probably 20 yeah. more questions we didn't even get to, you know. So trust me when I say We're going to do a yeah, round two. Yeah, let's do it. And, and dude... Um, you know, if it works out that we can do a round two in Austin, man, I'm bringing the podcasting gear. So, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, yeah, bro. And, uh, I have one last question for you, Leo, if you're up for it, are you up for it? it. All right, cool. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Leo Euquides suggest that change be? Yeah, if you can, whatever you're doing for finances, especially now, things are very different. Things might change drastically, and you might find yourself in a position, regardless of how much you love doing what you're doing you might find yourself struggling and without. So whatever you do, make sure you absolutely love it. If still my flow didn't pay me a dime and I fell flat on my ass during quarantine, I would be extremely happy with just a mace. So I would say optimize your finances, do something because you absolutely love it. Be an awesome person on the path, and sooner or later, people will ask you why you do that thing you do so much. And when you answer them, I love it. It's infectious and worthy of payment. So do what you are, what you love long enough to accept payment. I love that, dude. 
you know that is so cool man um that's like what uh rachel and i specifically have been chatting about just nonstop. like if you just be the living expression of what you teach you know etc um people it's just infectious you know it's like bugs to a light people want to people everyone wants to be happy right and when they see other people that are happy they're they're just naturally going to drift towards you and be like hey what'd you do to like get this thing or hey what what's your secret you know and really like the secret like you were saying is just like really really love what you do because if you do everything else really falls to the wayside. It doesn't matter if you make no money doing it. You know, it doesn't matter if, um, you know, you have your name and lights over it or anything. It just matters if you love it. And if you love it, you know, it will, that love will come back to you, you know? And I think that's just the beautiful process that we all get to share together um, that we call life, you know? It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Guys, when I say Leo and I have been talking about recording this episode for the past four months, we aren't lying. However... As with the flow of life we chatted about goes, this episode happened at the perfect divine time. Getting to share space with Leo inspired the absolute hell out of me, and trust me when I say there is a very good reason he is gaining popularity so quickly. His passion for fitness, the flow, and life in general is infectious, motivating, and inspiring to say the absolute least. Follow him, take advantage of the amazing content he is putting out, and keep a close eye on all of the incredible things he has in store for the world. Speaking of inspiration, seeing this show gain traction and get more and more downloads each week inspires me to a level I never even knew was possible. And by you sharing this show with the people you love most and leaving five-star reviews on iTunes, it helps me to be able to reach more people and inspire more people to get out of their own way and get into the lives they have always dreamed of. Leo, thank you so much, my brother, for hanging out with us today and bringing us along with you in the tale of your epic journey. I can't wait to catch up in 4D when I come to Austin next week. So until then, brother, journey well, be well, much love over your way, brother. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, 
design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.